Hey everybody, it's your girl, your sis, your host, Cheryl Shoemake, and this is the Stepmom Sanity Podcast. The mic is hot, so let's get started. C.S. Lewis once said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Hey there, family. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Stepmom Sanity Podcast. I have found that saying by C.S. Lewis to be pretty true in my own life. It is quite difficult to overcome broken trust, emotional hurt, or being sinned against. But the price, the, the cost of living with the baggage of unforgiveness is too high to pay. We truly can't afford it. The challenge is we only learn how to forgive in the face of things we find unforgivable. Ain't that a kick in the head? I've been thinking a lot lately about the characteristics of being a Christ follower, those things which supersede circumstance and transcend culture and political affiliation and convenience, like love and grace, mercy and forgiveness. And the question becomes, do I really believe what I say I believe? And if I do, does my walk prove my talk? I was recently interviewed by Angie Bauman on the Steady On podcast and live stream on the topic of forgiveness, and I thought I'd play that for you because living in step families, living in this world, period, provides ample opportunity for us to be offended. I'll be back after the interview with a little Q&A. There are about four questions on the subject of forgiveness, which in my admittedly limited capacity, I'll try to answer for you. Take a listen. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast, Cheryl, you've just recently kind of launched a podcast, right? Is that correct? And yes. I was listening to That's one right. of the very first episodes where you share some pieces of your journey. And she said some things in that about forgiveness that just really resonated with me. And I kind of think I'm interested in your opinion on this about that um, forgiveness is a little bit of a maybe misunderstood or even kind of taboo topic in our churches. I'm not sure like we talk about it. But it's kind of this for me anyway. I'm like, we're supposed to do it. We don't know how to do it. We don't do it. We know we should do it. We feel bad because we didn't do it. We don't want to do it. Yeah, it's kind of all of that. And so when the topic comes up, there's kind of these these long fallen faces like, I don't really want to know how to do this because it's hard. Right. And so I just want to have a conversation today about the importance of forgiveness. What happens to us when we in our connection with Jesus, when we do What happens to us when we don't? And I hope to also be real clear for us right now, even if maybe we're a little bit in different places, what we think forgiveness is and isn't. Because one of the things, if I know anything, I know that this, I am a work in progress and how I see things, right? Yeah. And so, and how we see things today is different than before. And when we learn more, we'll see it differently. So just from where we are now, right? And so I'd like you to start off, if you will, and just share a little bit about your divorce and the ripple effects of that and kind of those pieces of your story that you're open about so that we can understand a little bit about why forgiveness has been a real important part of your journey. Certainly. Well, you know, I had taught um, about forgiveness. Of course, we all have uh, as a children's church teacher in the youth department at my church in counseling others and certainly with my own daughter, but I had never had to do the work of forgiveness on a major scale Mm -hmm. um, until my first marriage started falling apart. And that happened about a little over 15 years. It started into our marriage. Uh, The Lord woke me up one morning and said, something is coming to attack your marriage. And um, I asked him, do I tell my husband or do I just pray? And the Lord impressed upon my heart to pray and to trust the Lord. And I want to say maybe a couple of weeks later, my first husband came to me and said he had ran into uh, 
a, a woman that he knew before he met me and that she had been contacting him and saying that he was supposed to be her husband, but that he had told her he was happily married and he cut off the relationship. I found out a little later that wasn't true, but at the time I thought that was the something mm. coming to attack my marriage, right? And you know, I don't want to get too detailed, but through a series of events, the marriage just started unravel unraveling and it became more combative. We grew distant. Um, it, it just, I, if I could use this terminology, everything that was demonic just kind of broke loose in our home. And he kept saying, seeing the lady and eventually they were meeting quite regularly, even at the place where his mom was staying, who had encouraged him to divorce me and to marry her. So I want to say maybe less than a year after the Lord woke me up, my first husband filed for divorce. And in the two years uh, between the filing and the finalization, uh, was it was one of the most horrendous times of my life. But Angie, I have to be honest and say it was also one of the sweetest times of my life in terms of intimacy with in my walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. Early on, in the unraveling, the Lord told me two things. The first thing was never answer a lie. There are going to be lies spoken about you and you are not to address one. You, are, I will vindicate you. Mm. And the second thing was to treat him with compassion. And your ex-husband, your my ex yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. to treat him with compassion, mm -hmm. and I was thinking to myself, like, really, are you kidding me? Right, <laughs> I, I I couldn't understand it. Even though I had talked about forgiveness and talked about forgiveness and read about forgiveness, my response was, well, look what's happening. I I'm not getting this at all. Look at what's going on and how I'm being treated and how I'm being portrayed, um, and I struggled with obeying that direction until the day my former husband asked a question using that word. And, and he asked, with everything I'm doing, how can you treat me with so much compassion? Mm. And in that moment, it was like the heavens opened up, revelation poured in, and I finally, I finally got it. Um, I replied to him, you know, you and I both stand before a holy God, and I cannot withhold from you what I'm asking from him. Mm -hmm. And that moment began the process of forgiveness, which has become a tenet for my life. Yeah. How long would you say approximately was it before you like were given the instruction from the Lord to treat him with compassion and maybe like that, that correspondence where he actually used that word? How, how any idea like how much time had passed? It was a between... few months. Yeah. It was a mm -hmm. few months. Yeah. I want to say, um, I want to say probably about four or five months mm -hmm. before maybe even six before that question was asked mm -hmm. and consistently mm -hmm. dying to self and, mm -hmm. and, and, and him with compassion. And wouldn't you say when you're in the heat of something like that's emotional and like, I would bet because uh, I've just kind of been in similar things, sometimes new things come up every day that can threaten Absolutely. to offend you or hurt you. Like six months is forever when, yes. you know, like when, when it's a daily, um, this is how I feel like I got, you know, beat up today sort of situation. That is a right. long time to sort of stay the course. And I would bet some days were better than others for you in that, like Absolutely. we, like for all of us, you know, but there, I can just feel in your story, there's this consistency of, I will um, choose, I will walk by faith, you know, and I will focus on my Lord and not on the circumstance. That is the key for peace, I believe, like when we focus on the Lord, not our circumstance. And I think it's also the the key to um, and be able to understand really what forgiveness does for us. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about what forgiveness is not. We talked, Cheryl and I had the opportunity to talk earlier in the week. So I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but I love, uh, I want you to talk more about it to us. And that is that it's not necessarily forgetting what happened. Um, I would bet that, well, obviously, because you can tell the story very clearly, you have not forgotten the situation with your ex-husband. And it's not necessarily about reconciliation with someone who's wounded us. So talk to us a little bit about why you believe that that's not necessarily what forgiveness is. Well, there there are a few things that forgiveness is not. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is not approval of what the person did. God Mm -hmm. doesn't approve of our sins, right? After Jesus forgave the woman who was caught up in adultery, he told her, go and sin no more. Sin no more. Mm -hmm. Certainly Mm -hmm. not approval. And um, forgiveness is not justifying what's done. Um, It doesn't make a a person right. Wrong Mm -hmm. can never be justified. That's why we have the cross. Mm -hmm. Both mercy and wrath converged on Golgotha. Mm -hmm. Sin did not get justified. It it got the blood of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? So in light, and in light of everything that's going on, I would be remiss just to, to not say that forgiveness doesn't mean that we follow a path of inaction either. There's a time and purpose under heaven for everything. And now is the time to fight for justice and demand equitable treatment under the law, even though we're still commanded to forgive. Forgiveness isn't a release from consequences. You know, we can forgive someone who's hurt or betrayed us, but there may be natural consequences of their actions um, in our own lives. You know, Jesus, we don't receive the penalty of sin, which is death, but God doesn't always rescue us from the consequences. And forgiveness isn't denying what was done or blindness to what happened. Um, is, but And it's not continuing to subject yourself to toxic behavior or True. toxic people or toxic environments and forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation requires the participation of two people. It requires yes. repentance on the on the other half, uh, on the other party involved and not just an I'm sorry, but repentance also is followed by deeds that show the sorrow mm-hmm. for, for the hurt. Yes. Um, the bitterness and the desire to punish the other person may be gone, but the relationship may never be the same. And definitely forgiveness is not forgetting. You know, um, first of all, it's impossible to forget all of the, you know, life altering events that have happened to us. God doesn't erase our memories. Um, You know, in preparing for our talk today, after we got off the phone, I realized I had never seen a scripture which actually mentions the word sea of forgetfulness. So I looked it up and the term sea of forgetfulness is actually not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says in Micah 719, and I wrote it down uh, so that I wouldn't forget in Micah 719, he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. And in Isaiah 4325, the Bible says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. Uh, That term, sea of forgetfulness, is a combination of those two scriptures. Mm -hmm. The word remember in Isaiah is a Hebrew word, zakar. And what it means is to remember by implication or to mention or to recall or to record. So what God is saying to us is he will no longer bring our sins back to his mind. He will not mention them to us, nor will he implicate us in wrongdoing by remembering them. You know, God is omniscient. Our sins are not erased from his mind. He knows what we've done. He chooses to no longer hold our sins 
Yes. It reminds me of the, of the first Corinthians 13 love list where it says love keeps no record of wrongs, right? No record. It it keeps no, and and that's what God offers us. I keep no record of your wrong. When you come to me and ask for forgiveness, it is yours and we can move forward as, yeah, as if, um, it's, I'm not going to bring it up. Like I bring up things to my husband sometimes that happened 10 years ago or something, (laughs) right? right? You know, well, and you also did this and that's wrong of me to do that. And it, and I do it, but the Lord does not do that to us. He doesn't say, see, here you are again. And I knew you'd be here because you did it before. It's just, it's just not that kind of relationship. Yeah, that's right. And I, yeah. The other thing, Angie, too, that I looked at, I looked at um, David's writings. I I looked at the Psalms again, and the Psalms are just completely full of remembrances of what God had done. And in the Psalms, he mentions exactly what and who God delivered him from. And then Mm -hmm. he celebrates the deliverer. So those past assaults, Mm-hmm. against our souls, they will absolutely be remembered, but only with forgiveness, they're kind of integrated into a song of rescue, a song of redemption, and a song of restoration that God orchestrates in our lives. And I think, this is my firm belief, the more that we recognize the forgiveness and that I'm not holding, I'm not keeping a record of wrong that God offers us, mm-hmm. the more easily we're able to um, show compassion and that same kind of release from Absolutely. other people. And we, Absolutely. and sometimes we think it's for them. And it's, oh, I go back to that quote from that author this morning, forgiveness is what sets our soul free. It's so yes. much for yes. us. And yes. I, we yes. get yes. so bogged down in the circumstance and the wound and the wound is real. Most, you know, the wound, we have been wronged and I will not sit here and be like, it wasn't that bad. It's been bad for you. It's been bad for me. It's been bad for those listening today. And um, that's true, but it's also true that hanging onto it does nothing to them that's going to fix it. And it hurts us all the more as time passes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what forgiveness is. And these are your words. I'll put them back to you and you can kind of unpack them a little (laughs) bit more. um, Sorry, I set you up like that. You know, I'm over 50. I have to try to remember what I said. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. (laughs) You said to me, forgiveness is agreement with God. It's releasing the person from the debt they owe me because of the pain they caused me. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that. Then then what, what that feels cleansing. And it does feel freeing. And so talk to us a little bit about that. I, I love the quote. I, I'm a fan of Brene Brown. And she says it like this, similar to what you're saying. She says, um, forgiveness is letting go of the idea that the past can change. And I like that yes. too. Um, and so just talk to us a little bit more about what you think forgiveness is and what that well, looks like for you. Yeah, first, what it looked like for me, first and foremost, forgiveness is a choice, right? It's an act of the will to release someone from the legitimate debt. Now, some people are just defensive and touchy and take offense at anything. So nothing is really owed to that person, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry to say. Yes. (laughs) But they need to do some internal work. But forgiveness releases a person from the legitimate debt that they owed us because of the injury they caused us. So for me, choosing to forgive meant aligning my thinking with God's ways and surrendering the injury to God, mm-hmm. watching him redeem it for me. Um, in forgiveness, we refuse to kind of personally punish. We, in forgiveness, we stop rehearsing the hurt. And, and if we're called to tell our story, it becomes more about what God did and less an opportunity to make the person look bad, yeah. right? So forgiveness really is just what I said at the beginning, forgive, giving the same grace we want from God. And in forgiveness, we will eventually pray for the offender and ask God to bless them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, in a couple of situations in my life, like um, 
So 10 years ago, I was, uh, we were, I was in a head on car collision. Someone um, had been drinking, fell asleep and, and hit us. And I was injured real bad. And I, uh, there were two options like early on, um, we could have, um, we could have made it our focus to get this man in trouble, right? Like we could have made it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like early on, I, f I really felt this strong invitation from the Lord to focus on what he was going to do to me in my brokenness because I was yes. physically broken and I had an opportunity to cry out to him through in that brokenness yeah. and focus on him. And it was like the more that I would focus on the injuries were real. And for me in that situation, they were on the outside of my body, even by the inside of, I was like traumatized inside too, because of all that had happened and the way it changed my life and all this stuff it was a huge life event. But I had this huge choice in the midst of that too, like to, I can use this because he promises us, yes. I can use mm -hmm. this for good in your life. And there's things that you're going to be willing to listen to me, talk to you about that when your life was much more comfortable, you weren't right. And yes. I want to do that so much in you through this horrible situation that you're in. But if you just focus on trying to get this man in trouble and trying to whatever in that temptation of you, like, I want you to pay, then, um, you know, you're going to miss what I'm doing. And I think this no matter what our situation, me. right. When we're, so worried about revenge and this is not the justice that you were talking about earlier that's a whole different no, no, no this no. but when we're worried about revenge yeah. when we're worried about like justice and kind of that like i will rise up and win you know that kind of thing um right. that's not right. that's not we then we block what god i think the work that god wants to do in our brokenness because he has work to do in our brokenness yeah absolutely i, I will tell you like during this time i was in a bookstore and i saw this book by nancy demoss um, that was actually called brokenness. And I looked at it and I heard the Holy Spirit pick, pick the book up. And I said, no, I said it out loud too. I'm sure people thought I was crazy. I was like, no, I'm not buying that because I'm tired of brokenness. I don't want to hear that word, right? Anymore, I'm done. Right? <laughs> but I, I picked the book up and the Lord had been talking to me about being a crushed rose. Yeah. And, and, and yep. I, in the middle of the book, she talks about um, how when you walk into a room, you can smell a rose bouquet mm -hmm. and it smells is wonderful, it's beautiful, but you have to walk up on it. And, but when you crush the petals, mm -hmm. it releases the oil and it permeates the atmosphere. So no matter where you go in that, in, in the room or in the home, you can smell the rose petals. And what the Lord said to me during this time period was, I did not allow this to crush you emotionally, but I am going to use it to break you of self-will, self-focus and self-direction. Yeah. So that you become Christ-centered, Christ-focused, and Christ-directed, and that wherever you go, the aroma of Christ is yeah. released in the room. And that's the work that I know that God wanted to do in my life. That I because him, right, because the ultimately through these experiences, we learn something about him that we didn't we know do. without Absolutely that experience. Like I, I, there's something about knowing that God is good, knowing that he is for me, knowing that, but the, the, in our brokenness, when he comes and speaks love over you, I don't know how else to say it, that, but mm -hmm. when he just comes and is so close and speaks love over to you in, over you in your hurt, you know something new about him that you that, that no one can take away from you, right? And as we right. go That's through right. those experiences, yeah. And so anyway, I guess the more that we receive that then the, and focus on him, I believe, the more then it's not about what the other person did. It's about what God Absolutely. is doing in us through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is not to minimize the hurt. You know, some people that no. are listening or watching have been hurt real bad and, I, you know,
know, that is real, but, but we also have a choice. And I appreciate what you were saying about that. And I'm going to move to this next question, which is about that, because in the early days um, for you, um, you have said to me that forgiveness was a mindset, right? It was just a choice. And eventually the feelings caught up with your choices. And I want you to talk just a little bit more about that, about what, how, what the, how that works to just to choose and do it. Well, yeah, I, I, like I said at first to you that um, forgiveness was simply an act of obedience. Yeah. That's all it was. I was still angry. I was still hurt. And I didn't deny those feelings. And what I want to say to people who are listening is that God cares about your feelings. He yes. absolutely does. He cares about those tears you've cried. He cares that you have been hurt and unjustly so. He really does care. And I brought all of those feelings to the Father. Um, I love how real David was with the Lord. I became very acquainted with mm -hmm. the Psalms during this time period. And I love his authenticity mm -hmm. with God. And, and that's the mindset I adopted. Lord, you know, anyways. Um, so I had those wrestling moments when I asked God, like, how long do I have to deal with this foolishness? Yeah. Um, and yeah. when I, I, I asked him last night, how long do we have right. to deal with this foolishness? Yeah. <laughs> so all of that, you know, I brought to the Lord and I am, um, and I talk them out with trusted friends and counselors, and, and sometimes I, I vent it as well, and and I wrestle with those emotions in the throne room. I also, I want to say, immerse myself in the Word of God, in God's mm. truth, which combated all of the self-focused thinking, like that we were just talking about, that was going on in my head. I needed to get out of my own headspace, and I needed to get out of an echo chamber yes. and find truth. Yeah. Um, and thank God I was surrounded by friends who fo who kept me focused on honoring God. And and I want to say, I also, you know, I gave myself grace, um, realizing that it was going to take time for to work through forgiveness and for my feelings to catch up with my choice. Um, it was not going to be a linear progression. I would move three steps forward and come fall 10 steps back. Mm -hmm. And and every time, especially that the same person repeated the same offenses, I had to start the process all yeah. over again yeah. with choice. First, um, I wanted to forgive. I wanted to please the Lord, but I gave myself grace in the middle of it. Um, that being said, I, I will also say this, getting through the process of forgiveness, Angie, is not solely the work of self-effort. It is largely largely the work of the spirit of the living God. Um, the Bible asks us in Galatians um, 3 and 3, um, are you so foolish that, that having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? We cannot complete in our own effort what God has begun in his spirit. So all of the things that I did were merely acts of cooperation, yeah. which position my heart, if you will, so that the Holy Spirit could do only what the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah. He does all of the heavy lifting. I just made a choice to obey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I hear what you're saying too about the steps forward and back because it's not a one and done. You know, there yeah. are times in certain things in my life where I am at a place with peace, but then something different will happen and that those feelings rise up again. And so up. when you're, you know, when you're, and that sometimes is when the sin is crouching, if I can, right? And the David yes, writes so is. much about my enemies are all around me. And I think yes. for him, you know, his enemies were all around him, but the enemy is all around us. And uh, the easier we yes. are offended, the faster we want to take retribution or whatever. And, right. you know, for me, I'm like, 
that's not how I want to behave. Like I want to be obedient to you. I want to walk in this, but right now my feelings do not match that at all, you know? Right. And so to continuing to choose it and give the grace to yourself that you are that's and right. seeking his grace when you need it. You know, I mean, the Bible, Jesus tells us in Luke um, that it's impossible for offenses to not come. They're mm. going, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then he says, but woe to those through whom it, through whom they come. But as for you, guard your heart. Um, yeah. It's a bait. He calls it a bait that Satan uses to trap us into the place of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger where we can't be reached because then we, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then we don't have a redemptive it. story to share then we don't have that will point others to, to Jesus. Right? right. And so the more he can keep us in our, in our anger or our discontent, whatever, the more we can get, then he, we can't have a story that, that other people can celebrate. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So as we close a little bit here in just a few minutes, talk to the person listening who has been deeply wounded by someone else and feels like forgiving them means they're letting them off the yeah. hook. We've kind of skirted around this already just a little bit, but, yeah. Um, yeah. but just talk to that person who's like, yeah, they don't deserve my forgiveness or whatever. And just kind of really, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I, I would say to this person, I, I know this stuff is hard. I know it's hard. Um, there's a reason why Jesus said uh, it's a narrow way. And few there be that find it. You know, I always say to people who believe Christianity is for weaklings, you have no idea what it truly <laughs> means to be a disciple of Christ. <laughs> like, absolutely none. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But for those who are struggling right now with for, um, with unforgiveness or with forgiveness, forgiving someone, I want to strongly encourage you to begin the process, to make the choice. It, it is not them you're letting off the hook. Um, forgiveness, what forgiveness does is, is it untethers you from the past and it releases you from the hold that incident and that pain has over you by forgiving. You are actually participating in your own liberation. Amen. You don't want to feel that pain anymore. I know you don't. So forgiving helps you get free of that. Forgiving removes you from the burden of being both judge and jury so that the power of God can go to work on your behalf. Um, you know, we kind of said this a little bit, but unforgiveness is a trap and it attracts. Um, I have this uh, chapter in my book that calls Shark Bait. And it's about how... Um, uh, documentarians chum the water to get um, sharks to come and, and, and participate in a feeding frenzy. So they have this camera, like this action shot for their documentary. Well, that's what the enemy does. He baits us with offense and then offense draws unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. And it creates this feeding frenzy in which our soul is just ripped apart. It traps us. It keeps us trapped and hurting and blaming but the most scary thing about holding on to unforgiveness is that according to what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and in Mark 11, unforgiveness disqualifies us from receiving God's forgiveness. And that's a precarious position to be in. Don't do that to yourself. I know you're hurting. I'm mm -hmm. hurt today. Mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons and all of the trauma that has reignited um, around the un unaddressed wound that in America. So I've begun the work of forgiveness while also working for justice. Listen, um, grace and forgiveness is inconvenient. It is messy. Mm -hmm. 
It is bloody. It doesn't feel good. It looks like Jesus hanging on a cross. That's what grace and forgiveness looks like. But because forgiving honors our savior and because forgiving sets us free mm -hmm. and because we're healed through it, um, the work of forgiveness is worth it. I, I firmly believe, Angie, I, I firmly believe that I would not have the amazing marriage I have today or the love and the awesome relationship I have with my bonus children or the love and, and, and the relationship my daughter has with my husband. She calls him dad. And I think it was a couple of years ago, she purchased a shirt for him that said, I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad who stepped up. I mean, mm. I, I don't believe that I would have that in my life had I held on to unforgiveness. I wouldn't have the blessing of freedom. We cannot afford to not forgive. It just, it costs us too, too much, much to not yeah. forgive. I was going to, when you said, you know, it's not an easy road to forgiveness, it's not, but it's not easy to keep carrying that around either, friend. Like, no. you know, because it just it it just seeps into everything um, over time, you know, and it makes us more angry and more impatient. And it just and it filters into other relationships. And uh, yes. so yes. Um, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your um, you were going to say something else. Go ahead. If you had something no, else to add. Yeah, say, okay. I love that. I love that, that it filters into other relationships. Mm -hmm. Offense overflow. Yes, it, it does. If you watch if you watch the water after the feeding frenzy, there's always the, the chum, the feeding frenzy creates its own chum and it just pollutes the water. Offense does not stay with you. It Ooh. will overflow into your other relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you'll, you know, and you're like, you'll be mad at your husband because of what the other person did, you know, whatever. And, it, right. and, and especially those close relationships, we parent better. Um, we're better yes. spouses and friends. That's and right. yeah, I just, you know, it's just freeing. And when we can live lighter, and I mean, like in a spirit lightness, you know, we're yes. just better people. And we, we, are, have, we, really yeah, we have more to offer. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah. So thank you so much for your time so today welcome. and for your willingness to be open about your journey. You've been a blessing to me and all of us today. Thank you so much, Angie, for letting me share my heart and thoughts on the subject of forgiveness. I greatly appreciate you. If you're not familiar with Angie Bowman and Steady On, you can check her out on Facebook at Live Steady On or at her website at LiveSteadyOn.com. I know you will be blessed by her insight and her interviews and the people that she brings on to bless her community. So check her out. I will be back with some Q&As right after this. Hey everybody, this is Cheryl and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to visit us at stepmomsanity.com. Become a member and enjoy discounts on our merchandise, our retreats and conferences, our books, and so much more. Also, as a member, you'll get exclusive access to our quarterly We're Better Together virtual gatherings, our webinars by experts in every area from estate planning to fun vacays with your family. You'll also get access to free downloads, our prayer gatherings, and so much more. Membership is free, but it's not cheap. What you waiting for? Join us on the journey. Welcome back. It is now time for our Q&A. And I'm so glad you stuck around for it. 
Prior to prepping this podcast episode, I asked a few people, what questions do you have about forgiveness but have never asked? Well, in the interview itself, I actually answered a few of the questions from the feedback I received. So I pulled about four questions which weren't addressed or were addressed only partially. The first one is, Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why then do we need to forgive someone when they do know what they're doing? (laughs) I really do like this question. (laughs) I like it because it's just so emotionally raw. Can't you hear the frustration? I know I can. Obviously, this is someone who is bearing the brunt of deliberate insult and injury. And they're like, look, it's one thing to forgive a mistake when you act in ignorance. It's a whole nother thing to forgive someone who knows what they're doing. But uh, Jesus, Jesus makes no distinction. He makes no distinction between the awareness of the offender and the command to forgive. We have to forgive. And even more quickly when the act is deliberate, because a deliberate act Definitely a repeated act stirs up more anger and where there's more anger, we're more susceptible to spiral into bitterness and grudge holding or vengeance, retribution. So so we still have to forgive those who know what they're doing. (laughs) The second question is, what are the steps in forgiving? Okay, well, we talked a little bit about this during the interview, but let me expound just a bit more. Um, You all may or may not know, but back in January of this year, I went through surgery to remove cancer. However, we confirmed the cancer in the early part of December of last year, but it was in September of last year that I realized something was wrong and first went to the doctor. The first step in forgiving is acknowledging there's a problem, acknowledging there's a wound, admitting that you're hurt. You know, because we won't take steps to heal something we won't acknowledge. So that's the first thing we need to do. Then once you've acknowledged that you're hurt, it's time to go. It's time to take that wound to the healer. I I didn't have the expertise to address the cancer growing in my body. So I had to go to the doctor. Unforgiveness is cancer to the soul. So go to the soul expert. Go to God. And if he directs you, go to therapy. Talk to a therapist trained in trauma recovery. Talk to a trusted, wise friend. Talk to a pastor. Just get out of your own head so that you're hearing truth. That way you're not stuck on the loop in your mind. You're not continuing to feed the cancer. The next step after uh, going to the healer is to realize that God has forgiven you. When Jesus talks about the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, and if you haven't read that, I I do recommend that you go and read that. When he talks about that unforgiving servant, he calls that person wicked. That's a strong statement coming from the Lord. If God, who is holy, can forgive us of the egregious stench our sin is to his holiness, And not just forgive us, but actually absorb the judgment of our sins so that he could forgive us. Who are we to withhold forgiveness from others? Realizing you're forgiven for all of your mistakes, all of your sins, even those only God saw. Realizing that you're forgiven for all of those things will soften your heart for the next step, which is making the choice to forgive. Listen, forget about waiting. 
forget about waiting until you are feeling magnanimous. That is usually not the first thing that's going to happen. Usually you have to make a choice to forgive before you even remotely feel forgiving. So make the choice and then pray. Pray for the person who offended you and pray for yourself. Ask God to help you. You can't do this on your own and you don't have to. God provides a ceaseless supply of power and grace by his spirit to help us do what we cannot do on our own. And you're going to need his strength to pray for the person who has offended you. Jesus also said um, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's easy to read, but it is hard to do. But again, God will help you because he's not just a Jesus died for me 2000 years ago and is one day coming again, God. He is a right there near to you today, God, a very present help in times of trouble, in times of need. The third question is, what impact does unforgiveness have on me? I cannot emphasize enough that forgiveness liberates you. It doesn't necessarily let the other person off the hook. They still have to deal with whatever consequences come with their actions, but forgiveness lets you off the hook. Now, um, in the interview, I did chat a little bit about the impact unforgiveness has on your relationship with God and others. But I'm going to share some info I got from Theravive. It's a mental health website. And this is what they have to say about the impact of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a stress response that has a direct impact on the mental health and psychology of a person. Some of the most dangerous ways in which unforgiveness damages mental health is through chronic stress, which can be a precursor to cardiovascular disease and high blood pressure. Another way in which um, unforgiveness damages the mental health is through short-term intense responses, which impacts communication skills, thinking abilities, and decision-making. You are also more susceptible to depression and paranoid personality disorder. Did you all hear that? Unforgiveness doesn't just have an impact on your relationships. It doesn't just have an impact on your emotions or a spiritual impact on you. It has a mental health and physical impact on you because forgiveness, forgiveness facilitates the process of recovery from trauma and unforgiveness keeps you locked in trauma. It keeps you locked in the moment of trauma. It keeps you locked in the stress of trauma. The last question that was pulled was, how do I know when I've forgiven someone? Well, you'll know that you've truly forgiven someone when you can pass the gut check, when you can think about them, when you can think about the incident, or you can see the person without that clench in your gut. You'll know. When that happens, you'll know you've gone a long way towards forgiveness. You, you know that you, you'll know that you've completed the process of forgiveness when, you, when you've moved on, when you no longer dwell on the incident, when you no longer have fantasies about payback and recompense, uh, when you've left justice in the hands of a just God, when you're no longer tempted to reopen or rehearse the old wounds, you'll know that you have uh, completed the process of forgiveness. When you can genuinely pray for the person or if you're called by God to share your story 
Like I'm called by God to share my story, but the focus has shifted from what the person did to you to what God has done in you. Then, you know, you've completed the process of forgiveness and you'll know you've truly worked through the process of forgiveness when you can love the person who offended you, not necessarily be in relationship with them, but you can genuinely act in loving ways towards them. You can honor them. You can be patient with them. You can be kind and gentle, etc. You know, I'm not I'm not going to pretend. Forgiveness is not easy and it will cost you. It will you will give up something. You'll give up something when you make the choice to walk in forgiveness. But um unlike unforgiveness, forgiveness is worth the price you pay. We're going to end today's episode as we end every episode, and that's by um, praying for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every person listening to this podcast. I ask that you make yourself more real to them than the very air they breathe. Father, I want to especially lift up the person struggling to forgive someone who's hurt them. I thank you on on my behalf and the behalf of that person for your gift of forgiveness. You loved us so much that while we were your enemies, while we were hating you, crucifying you, you, um, it pleased you that Jesus died a death, which rightfully we should have died so that we could receive forgiveness of sin through faith in Christ. What an amazing demonstration of unconditional love. Help us um, to not just receive forgiveness from you, but also to give it in the face of hurt, in the face of betrayal, in the face of pain, in the face of wounding. Help us to give away mercy, even as we trust you for mercy. Strengthen us to leave justice in your capable hands. Father, bring your healing to the wounds of every person listening who needs to know your healing touch. Remind them that you have not forgotten them. You know their name. You see them. You are intimately acquainted with the pain they wrestle with, Father. And remind them mostly that you care. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in their hearts and blanket them now. Help them to find the compassion that comes from forgiving others. Father, I know that offense is a bait sent out by the enemy of our souls to trap us in the sin of unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness and unrighteous anger. I pray right now that you will rescue them from the trap. And Father, I pray for those they may have offended out of their own hurt. Lord, bring healing to those people and restore right relationships where needed. Strengthen the person who needs to make restitution to go and do so quickly. Father, I praise you for the work you're doing in all of our lives. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, be glory and honor and power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Stepmom Sanity family, for hanging out with me today. Join me again in two weeks when we're going to talk about how to guard your heart against and recover from the trap of offense. Then, since we're still in our getting to know one another phase, you're going to meet my family. Finally, I'm so excited for you to meet them. They're so busy, it's quite a stunt coordinating their schedules, but we finally got it together. 
And if this podcast episode has blessed you, don't miss another one. Take a moment to hit that subscribe button. Also, share this podcast with a stepmom needing encouragement. Join us on the journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stepmom Sanity. And don't forget, there is hope for stepmoms who are there, wherever you're there is, from stepmoms who've been there at stepmomsanity.com. We believe in you, sis, and we're here to bless you with what you need to flourish in your God-given role. Until next time, hugs and prayers.